As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Hey, Donnie. Guy's German here wants to die for country. Oblige him. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? You're gonna need a bigger boat. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. Dance off, bro. Me and you. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's terrible! She has beautiful eyes, and her hair smells like cinnamon! It's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! So when do we do this? It all depends. When do you want to die? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. All right. Welcome to the first episode ever of the Heated Seats podcast. I am Dallas Fisher. I'm Alex Colbertson, numero uno, baby. I love it. Love what? So just heard the <laughs> intro for the first time, the, our new intro that we're going to have before every episode. Yep. And it's fucking awesome. Do you love it? I do. I love it. <laughs> you you made it by yourself yeah. without telling me what you were putting into it. Yeah. And I just heard it for the first time and I am happy. And you did a great job. So Sweet. <laughs> it was so hard to Kudos. find like the perfect ones. Because there were so many ones I would think of. Like I wanted something from The Shining or from Silence of the Lambs. And I just couldn't find like anything. Like I was trying to mix genres. Like I put comedies in there. I put... Stuff from Quentin, stuff from Christopher Nolan, Blade Runner, and then just some random like superhero movies. I noticed Guardians in there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was definitely a good mashup of a bunch of random stuff. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. It wasn't all just like actions or yeah. all just like really dramatic, you know, lines. It was a mix of comedy and yeah. drama, kind of <laughs> like us. So it was good. It was good. I loved it. Good yeah. job. I tried to get freaking District Nine obviously yeah, sweetie i don't know if anybody else will get that <laughs> no, or not but but it's for us there yeah should we talk about it or should we just kind of leave that up for the what the district audience? nine yeah yeah i mean it was what one of the first movies we ever saw together in, in theaters, theaters. Yeah. yeah yeah district nine um i don't know if anybody's i really don't know a lot of people that have actually seen that movie i never really have talked to people about that movie yeah i but there is a certain line in that movie that we would always make fun of. Vickus? Yeah. yeah. Or cut some cake. Yep. yep. It's it's a <laughs> South African movie. And so it's just it's just funny. I don't know. I'm not gonna get any details, but yeah. No deets. No deets on this one. Um but yeah, no, yeah. Awesome intro. Yeah. Uh, great way to start the pod. Um and I'm super excited. Hell yeah. Um obviously today is the first episode, which we are covering uh Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. We'll get into it a little bit later. At the same time. I don't. I don't know. But no, what no. if it's the exact same time? We tried. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do it again? Do what? Reservoir. Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give up. All right. Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Uh, Screamed it. But before we get to that, how's your week been? Week last few days it's only tuesday um but i don't know man all my days just kind of mash up together anymore i I mean because of covid but also just because of my retail work life you know i don't really pay attention to the days anymore do the same fucking thing every single day yeah i don't yeah covid has definitely made it a lot worse though (laughs) like i don't know man 
And yeah, um, but no, week's been good. Week's been chill. Uh, me and the old lady were both off today, and that rarely happens in the retail universe. <laughs> universe. <laughs> she, uh, her schedule is just as crazy as mine. Um, so we had a nice, chill, relaxing day. Uh, what about you? Uh, just been watching movies. I feel like that's going to be my answer for like everything. <laughs> like every single time we do this, it's like, what have you been up to? Uh, just watched like 10 more movies since Mm -hmm. the last time i saw you you watched more than just the movie we're talking about today oh yeah because before we do these reviews we watch them at least once or twice yeah i would yeah you said you watched like a time and a half but oh yeah i would it's so much easier to watch it within probably at least 48 hours Mm -hmm. and like me i took notes (laughs) because i don't know there's stuff i want to talk about on i it. took notes too man you oh, have yeah. to take notes i yeah, feel yeah. like that would be i would feel like it would be a freaking 30 second podcast if we yeah. didn't take notes. or you gotta be like one of those psycho like uh servers that can memorize like 10 different orders at the same time uh-huh. without writing them down yeah. which my brain does not work like that at all nope me neither <laughs> not even close um but yeah no so uh what were some of the movies you watched um i watched romancing the stone with michael douglas mm-hmm. and was it kathleen turner i am not sure no yeah well uh, that was a weird one I watched... i've never seen him because what's the second one I, don't know. I thought there was only one no there's romancing and then there's hold on let me look it up it's like engaging the stone or something like oh, that do they get married and then go on another adventure and they lose their like wedding ring and that's what the stone is i've seen a little bit of the first danny one. devito's in the first one which was a big surprise. It came out in the 80s, didn't it? Yeah, like 83, full, 84. All right. And I did start, uh, what's the second Annie Jones movie? Some movie fan here. Um, Can't even think of. Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, yeah. Not a fan of it. Second time I've seen it, and I am, I do not like Short Round. I love him. Because I love short the Goonies. Round? Oh, yeah. Is it the same kid from the Goonies? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess it only came out like a year or so later. But uh, no, I yeah, I love Temple of Doom. Um, really? It was the first one that I saw, mm, and sense. I saw it when I was super little, and I loved how like freaky and creepy it was, and the scene yeah. when that that I don't know his name, but the dude who pulls the guy's heart out of his chest. Yeah. It's like it's still beating and stuff. Always yeah. fucking freaked me out, and I. I don't know. It just kind of was the first one I saw, so it grew on me. Yeah. Um, what else did you watch? I did watch a um, Beverly Hills Cop for the first time. Did enjoy it. Never never seen it all the really? way through. It's pretty good. Uh, I mean, 80s comedies don't always like stand out for me, but it worked for me. I was way off, by the way. Uh, Romance in the Stone 2 is actually called The Jewel of the Nile. That's the full title? The Jewel of the Nile is the There's second no one. There's ram- no romancing or stone in the title? The first one is romancing yeah, the stone. Yeah. The second, the second one, one is the Jewel of the Nile. Uh, the first one came out in 84, and the second one came out in 85. That's... Uh, starring oh. Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Oop, they're both You're in You're right. It. Again. And Mr. DeVito is Ooh, in the second one also. DeVito's back, huh? Yeah. I will not be... Double Vito. What? Double Vito. No, I said Danny Dorito. Or Danny Dorito. <laughs> what else did you watch? I, don't know, I could probably pull up my list, but I just... I know I watched The Gremlins, and I watched... Uh, 
I don't know. Did so you watch anything else besides the dogs? You did I know. Yeah. No. Um were these a part of a list, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So do you ex- want me to go over what I've been doing? Explain the list again, yeah. All right. Well, since I started in 1939, like I was born in 1939. No. Um, back in June, it's only like three months ago now, I started starting with 1939 with The Wizard of Oz. I've gone every single year and checked every single movie. Like, would this be worth my time? Do I want to watch this? Have like I the already most popular seen popular movies of the year, basically? Popular and just ones I think I want to see. And but yeah, I've been going through. I probably watched like 200 movies. <laughs> since like june 1st and i'm in now in i just finished 1984 with temple of doom and then starting well it depends either tonight or tomorrow i'll start with 1985 i don't know which movie yet i know the breakfast club came out that year and quite a few it's one of the the bigger years in movie 85 what a year cinema history i love it i don't know it i mean i feel like if covid didn't happen that you wouldn't have as much free you might have as much free time to watch all these movies but i feel like it's one of the few good thing that's that's came out of covid yeah, and i don't see is, it stopping anytime soon yeah because yeah. i had a plan i'm like oh but this finished by like the end of march and i might but if i don't i just don't see anything really changing because mm-hmm. dude there are weekends where from friday night through sunday night i can get like 10 movies watched and especially if they're short i was gonna watch uh once upon a time in america that Robert De Niro and I think Pesci's in it too. Sergio Leone. Did it come out in this? 80, 1984. 84. It came out. Okay. okay. But it's three hours and 49 minutes long. Of course it is because it's a gangster movie. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't really heard anything good or bad about it. Mm-mm. So I'm like, I'm just not going to waste my time. Did De- DeVito, I almost said DeVito. Did <laughs> De Niro direct that? No, it was Sergio Leone. What did he direct? What did De Niro direct? I didn't know he directed the movie, he, to be honest. He directed... Continue talking. I'm going to look up what he directed. He directed a gangster film. Did De Niro he? did. Yeah, look. Keep oh, talking. Well, I'm pretty sure Sergio Leone was the, the guy who directed all like the, the Dollar Trilogy, wasn't he? The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and uh, okay. Fistful of Dollars. The and spaghetti freaking, Westerns. Yeah. yeah. Freaking spaghetti. <laughs> well, Tim and Eric, shout out there. That's the... I've never seen the show or the movie, and that's the only thing I know from it. We didn't we didn't watch the movie together. We probably did, but it's just it it might be my comedy, but I don't remember it being my like type of comedy. No, it's very niche. It's incredibly niche. N- niche, 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 niche. You little niche. Um, but yeah, little uh, I do you actually remember everything that you're seeing in all these movies, or is it just um, kind of like you after like the second or third movie, you're just kind of zoning out? And I'm trying to absorb really as much attention. as I can, but there are movies like Romancing the Stone. I wasn't a big fan of it, so it just I, Robert Zemeckis freaking directed that, mm-hmm. which he I did, didn't yeah. know. But I didn't it's, say I don't think he did the second one. I, I didn't know. get that far, but it just did. Yeah, I'll forget about it. <laughs> But like uh, the Gremlins, obviously I've seen so many times. I'll remember that. A Bronx Tale, ah, directed. A wasn't Bronx that like Tale. ten years ago? Nineteen ninety-three. Close. Yeah, has a seven point eight on IMDb. The year you were born, Al. Mm, good year. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of years, the year I was born, nineteen ninety-two, the year freaking Reservoir Dogs was released. Dude, yes, yes. <laughs> it all comes back around. Yep. Uh, full good circle. Segue. You want to so, go into it? Let's let's kick it off. Um, All right. So yep, 1992 Reservoir Dogs, Tarantino's first movie debut. Sure was. Yes, it was. Do you know he's the uh, he was the first person to speak in any of his movies? Do you notice that? 
he pretty positive well, i know he's the first person to speak in this movie yep when so we're all sitting around yep in his first table. movie he was the first he had his first line in his first movie oh that's what you're saying okay. yeah, yeah, yeah at first i thought you said he's the first person to speak in all of his movies i thought you said i don't know for some reason oh I not in like my every brain movie, was like, like just in his first movie he was the first person to speak. So he had the first line in his first movie. Okay. Yes. I yes. thought you were asking like, is he the first person to speak ever in existence? Like, yeah, yeah was he 1992 <laughs> was the start of human history. And he said the first words. Do you ever do that thing where your brain like finishes someone else's sentence before they finished and you just, no. yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, some, yeah. Sometimes I know what you mean. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to go scene by scene? You want to hit up beginning. categories or no, let's just start from the beginning. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about things that we noticed right off the bat and things that we wrote down um, and just things that we uh, thought mentionable to, yeah. to, to discuss. So the opening um, scenes, I'm obviously all sitting around the table having, well, they even, they're having coffee because obviously Bushimi gets into the coffee. I thing. love that you bring that up because I actually noticed that Chris Penn was drinking a beer was he he was and i can't tell what time of day this is yeah i have no idea but i was actually going to talk about that i was like okay what kind of diner are they in where everyone else is drinking coffee or possibly having breakfast because that's what i first think of is is like it's kind of a brunch thing or like an early morning breakfast yeah and then i swear on my freaking undead mother's grave <laughs> that pen was throwing back a cold one i could definitely see his character bringing in his own beer mm-hmm he oh, definitely for sure. seems like the psycho that would just like bring in his own beer and the the server would be like, you cannot have that in there. And they would just be like, I'm, I'm having this and in here. Fuck off. They would like pull a gun out yeah. and like put it on the table, but just not say anything. Just yeah. So the waitress knows. Um, but that's not the only thing that Chris Penn brought to uh, the studio of his own, but we'll get into that later. I yeah. know. Um, okay. So speaking of the beginning and the the table and everything and everybody's sitting around um i want to know like what quinn's thought process is when it comes to what scenes to put first because i know if i were making a movie i would never think to put a scene that i filmed in the middle of the movie that mm-hmm. technically takes place in the middle close to the end in the very first scene yeah um, and um, he does that with all of his movies. With nonlinear like yes. storytelling, I yes. had that as one of my notes. Like, I, I, I haven't watched. I mean, I'm obviously catching up to this year with the '80s. But can you think of any other movies before that, or like any other directors that do storytelling like this? No, I can't. Because um, most you start with the beginning of the story, and then the story ends with the end of the story. Yep. In character development, basically, right at the beginning. Yep. Learning who they are, and this just boom starts off right away don't yep. have any idea who anybody is mm-hmm. and you don't find out who these people are until basically the end of the movie yeah you know uh, but um but yeah i just i love it it's perfect he does it perfectly and i you don't even think anything of it just because it's his formula it's yeah. he almost made it like yep. he didn't but with this first scene i loved the freaking camera work where most of the time it's just constantly you're moving around somebody around the whole and you can kind of see like, like silhouettes of the person that's sitting in front of the camera, but mm-hmm. you can still focus in on the person talking. Oh yeah. And then there's just the time where it'll just sit right on like Bushimi and it's sitting right behind. I think it's Quentin's head probably. And it's just like zoomed in on him and it's just him talking for like a minute and a half straight. Um, before we get away from the scene, I wanted to say this scene made me miss going out to eat. 
this like whole, an old school like diner or something <clears throat> yes going out to diners which i haven't been to one in a long time there obviously is like only one in the whole freaking des moines area mm-hmm. and i'm not counting denny's we went to one in july yeah that's true to, yeah i i did enjoy that but july it still party. feels weird going into restaurants even if you're wearing your mask before you oh, go sit down okay. yeah it just still feels weird it feels like and i just we i haven't done it that much over the past six months maybe five times mm-hmm. yeah no i agree and yeah. really quick can we do something where instead of referring 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 to it as the pandemic or as covid or corona let's just call it pandy pandy the pandy pandy express the pandy okay instead like pandemic okay yeah the pandy, the pandy. i just thought yeah. all right we're calling it the pandy, the pandy. okay um uh... <laughs> <laughs> um okay but no it definitely makes me miss going out to eat also it yeah. doesn't make me miss people smoking while they're eating though no dude they're lighting them up they're oh yeah throwing just... back packs <laughs> and it's just like i that to me would be the grossest combo ever that's like, still freaking like legal like in missouri uh-huh. like an hour drive away you can just drive down there and go smoke in a restaurant bunch of savages down there man yeah. it's crazy what a psycho fucking <laughs> thing to do all right but uh they're talking about mandana mandana madonna madonna's freaking uh like a virgin like a virgin mm. did you did you know that she she watched the movie and liked the scene yes i did know that yeah. and she wrote to him you got it written down she wrote to him that it was not about dick that it was about making love the same thing right that's what dicks are used for do you want to describe <laughs> what describe um, making love is like yeah <laughs> in great detail never done it so then yeah no i haven't either oh that's okay, why yeah, i was yeah. hoping you would describe oh, it sorry i guess i need to live vicariously through your yeah. penis sorry to the listeners i've never made love with my well, this is we should just stop recording now then because right. <clears throat> so boring <laughs> i was hoping for a nice hot juicy sweaty story that's uh, what they came here for <sighs> moving on i guess uh <laughs> harvey's Harvey's line. Um, how do you say his last name? Kittel? Harvey Kaitel. Kaitel? Yeah. Okay. I've always said Kittel for some reason. Yeah, it's Kaitel. Kai. For sure. Kaitel. Uh, his line, you shoot me in a dream, you better yep. wake up and apologize, yep. is one of my all-time favorite lines ever. Yep. Seriously, ever. I was looking for years. into that. I looked up the quotes and a couple of quotes, and apparently that line was stolen from Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing from 1989. He stole I, that. I couldn't find any proof. I don't like that. But, I mean, that I don't know. That makes me kind of look down on his character. I don't uh, know, man. That's weird. Maybe that character, maybe this is a real world, and that character watched Do the Right Thing and stole it. Could be. And Quentin never stole it. Ooh, I like that's that. one thing I would love to get into with movies. I would love to, like, like, the MCU is obviously, like, an expanded universe. But is Tarantino all his movies? Is it all one universe? Mm. I, I actually kind of, there's another thing I bring up about that all right. with this movie. And I would love, I love that idea. Yeah. I would love to think of like that. Oh yeah, I think we could do a whole, so like once we watch all the Quentin movies, like go back through and all these characters, like is there a timeline where Things all of noticed. Samuel Jackson's characters, yep. it's all the same person and yep. he, he changes his names and goes through the world. But uh, do you have anything else about the opening scene other than the, the freaking tip? That's what I was going to bring up. All right. Uh, Buscemi's line about tipping. So every single time if somebody I know doesn't tip, 
Mm-hmm. I always call it Buscemine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's always going like, to be in my mind. Buscemi the fuck out of that waiter. The that freaking, waitress. This tipping automatically. It's for the birds. <laughs> does it? Does that make you ever think differently about how people at McDonald's don't get tipped? Yeah, it makes no or, sense. You know, it, 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 what he's saying is factual. It makes no sense that I get everyone that's serving deserves good money. Mm-hmm. But why do servers at restaurants only get like two fifty an hour? Mm-hmm. And then we're expected to give them a bunch of money, no matter what their service is. So you think they should have a higher minimum wage? Yeah, there's yeah. no reason. I mean, yeah. I kind of get it because restaurants aren't always busy. Mm-hmm. Then just, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. There's no good way around it. I think the fast food argument is kind of stupid though, because it's like the people at McDonald's aren't like refilling our glasses or yeah. like asking us if we, you know, need more napkins or more coffee <laughs> or something like that. You just go get, get yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get why like maybe the cooks, you know, why they would deserve tips and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, not that the people there don't work as hard, but the people who actually work for restaurants, the servers anyway, I feel like might work a little bit harder. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, but no, Steve's Buscemi, Steve's, <laughs> Steve's sounds like a car, like the Buscemi, <laughs> the Buscemi line, the 2019 Buscemi, Steve's Buscemi is a nice new car that I saw him <laughs> driving to school the other day. That is a great ad. Um, yeah. So moving on, uh, the radio narrator, Kay Billy, his name is Stephen Wright and his voice annoys the living fuck out of Does me. Does it? I can't stand it. I can't stand the way that he says Bohemoth or Bohemoth, however he says it. I don't know. People who are listening to this, watch the movie. I would hope that people, this is going to be like, give it a rewatch. This is going to be spoilers. Because I feel like people who have already seen it might have watched it years ago or haven't watched it recently. And we're probably bringing up maybe little points that they haven't noticed. But yeah, I bet a lot of people out there probably love the narrator and all goes so perfect with the music and everything. But I can't stand his voice. I can't stand it. (laughs) Can't stand him. Um, did you notice there was a radio ad for Jackrabbit Slims? I actually did. I saw that okay. in some of the trivia. All right. um, yeah, we all looked up the same fucking thing, mm-hmm. didn't we? Speaking we did. of fucks, uh, 272 but... uses of the word fuck in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it up? It's not up there, though, for like top. Yeah, I, I mean, like... I'm sure it's close. There's Compared well, to movies nowadays? Oh, uh, yeah. I yeah. bet. There's a lot with like 500. But like 92 though, you know, this movie when it came out was considered very violent and very I mean, over the top. It is. There's a lot of fucking blood in this movie. <laughs> and the next scene involves probably the most blood with freaking Tim Roth hanging out in the back seat of the car, freaking shot in the stomach. The something I was going to look up that I couldn't find was there is a, obviously a lot of car scenes in this, car shots in mm-hmm. this movie. But I swear to God that that car is also used in Pulp Fiction. Do you think it's the same car that I, I do. Jules and Vega are driving? I do. I mean, it might I'm be. I'm not positive, though. But when we watch Pulp Fiction, we'll have to check out the detail on the inside of the See car. See if it's the same car. Because it's white in Reservoir Dogs. But they could have changed it. Yeah. And I mean. Could still be using the same car, but changed the interior. I feel like Tarantino wanted to go with a white interior to emphasize the blood. Yeah. And how much blood is in the back seat. Yeah. And I mean, um, he didn't probably have that much money. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, after this, I mean, this there's. I'm sure he made decent money after this. But then and to go on to film freaking Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. 
he's probably like, I don't want to just blow all my money on <laughs> new cars. Yeah, exactly. Because there's not that many. I mean, he drives a car, Bruce Willis. We're not talking about that movie. No, we're not. Um, but time. I actually <laughs> later on in this conversation kind of get into the budget and everything for this movie. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, but I want the scene with... Uh, dead air, dead air, dead air. The scene with freaking <laughs> Tim Roth in the backseat. When he's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. screaming at him. Yeah. Say the fucking words. <laughs> Ooh. Are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Fuck. But yeah, on to the next scene. So the, forgot to bring this up, the slow motion walking scene. Oh, yeah. That's, we completely fucked During the credits, the beginning credits. Yeah. Uh, that slow motion walking scene where they're all wearing their suits. They got their shades on. And, you know, and I can't think of the song. I can't think of the name of the song. That was something I forgot to write down. But everybody who is listening Dude, to this, you know Al, the song. The, you can think of it man. in your head. I know. I know. I've actually never known the name of that. Uh, actually, hold on. It's green something. I swear to God. But either way, um, <laughs> that slow motion walking scene, it inspired my senior photos. I don't know if I've ever seen your senior photos. That's Have a I? good thing. That's a good thing. So You've seen mine and it's not a good thing. I was in yours. Okay, you get that? I forgot. Remember that? We, we were, were like up against side the tree. by side on that tree. <laughs> of course, it's the tree in the woods. And I freaking um, posed with my Dodge Intrepid. You also like, posed with all your Metallica CDs, too. Sure did. Including your Metallica belt buckle, which sure was did. a showstopper. And my freaking long ass cargo shorts. Classic. What a fucking your, time to. Your Hollister shirt. Oh, Went yeah. great with the Metallica CDs. Or I wore you? that. I wore my Metallica shirt, oh, and there was another photo where I was wearing an Iowa Hawkeye freaking like polo that I only worn the one day for the freaking. What a waste of money and time! I pretty might. sure my guy who took my photos was a rapist and he got shot. Yeah, what were you uh, saying though? Um, <laughs> you forgot about that story. <laughs> got shot. Someone came to his door, and the person shot him because and, he was. Me trying to yeah, yeah. enter the home that he died no this was before your photos were my taken photo. the day before no and then he like did your photos like while well, on a stretcher like yes. the ambulance dropped him off and yes. he's like <laughs> that's how he got such the good angles because they would drop the freaking stretcher up and down yes yeah. my mom had to like wheel him around uh, and how did how did this even come about? How did you guys even know about him to take the photos? Was he a family friend? It was someone with the high school's dad no was it I, I think... don't fucking remember. It doesn't matter. Okay, that was a, that was a good story. That was Thanks. great. That was great. Um, okay, I can't find the freaking name of the song. You can't find the name. I can't find the okay. name of the song. The, okay, okay, but either way, inspired um, your senior photos. Inspired my senior photos, and I actually my my photos were weird um, because uh, my mom and dad have never been together. Okay, so everything has always been separate for me. Like I've always had things with my mom and things with my dad. How did they have you if they were never together? Uh, my mom is still a virgin. I'm actually technically Jesus Christ. Okay, that Madonna goes back. Yeah. All right. Yes, there we go, man. All right, continue. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I've always had two everythings, two Christmases, two Thanksgivings, and two different sets of senior photos. Did, also did not know that. Yeah. So <laughs> my That's set awesome. with my dad, my photo shoot with my father was downtown Des Moines, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to wear... I didn't wear a suit, but I wore like a white button up with like a thin black tie and yep. like black jeans. And I was like, I want you guys to get a, a shot of me like walking down an alleyway downtown Des Moines. And I freaking hate them. I hate the photos. They're was that so the only like, outfit you had? 
No, I had also like a like a plaid like button up with like I don't remember the I don't know. But <laughs> I hate looking back at those photos because it, everyone just thinks that I enjoy wearing like a tie and like a white dress button up shirt. Like mm. no one looks at that photos and thinks, oh, my God, that's Reservoir Dogs. He looks just like he's in Reservoir Dogs. Huh. <laughs> like that looks just like Michael Madsen. Like no one thought that. No, no so way. it was totally a stupid idea. I, <laughs> I yeah. I still living downtown. I still see so many like people doing senior photos down there, and it's like, why are you wasting your time? Like, I wish I could go back, and that would be one thing I would install in my family's mind. Like, I don't need these. These won't do anything for my future or for your past. Mm, yeah, they? it's just something that the your parents like to hold on to, and your family members do. I, I don't ah. think my mom has. I'm pretty sure I have all my own senior photos because she pawned them all off on me. She's like, I don't fucking want these. Are you serious? I have a bucket of like old family pictures that my mom just didn't want. Maybe that's just you and your mom. That's probably not, that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> your your mom, she's awesome. Um, <laughs> shout out to Vicky Fisher, not Fisher. It's not Fisher. Wait, it's anymore. Not Fisher. No, that anymore. was forever ago. It hasn't I don't know been why I said Fisher. Twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky, we'll just call her Vicky. No one needs to know her last name. Vickus. Um, but uh, Vicky, Vicky. Both of my parents have my senior photos, like still like framed. That's awesome. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but I thought Jesus you were gonna say, Christ. I wish I could go back and change my senior photos and do different. I don't even know what like, I would do. Cooler, different. like I don't know, like take them outside in the woods, like while it's snowing outside or something like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. more like not just like downtown in front of a thing of graffiti or behind <laughs> a brick wall or West end salvage, like classic. Yeah. You know what I mean? That whatever. Okay. Yep. Let's move on. All right. No one needs to know about our senior freaking photos. Um, so it goes it, after, after the slow motion walking scene, yep. Tim Roth, he's bleeding out in the back of the car. Yep. Harvey brings him to the, safe the warehouse the warehouse it's a safe house warehouse yeah and tim is slowly bleeding out yep and they do the whole freaking everyone's screaming michael madsen was going crazy he's a psycho buscemi well buscemi comes in afterwards so harvey is trying to calm tim down tim comes to his senses and realizes that if he doesn't get medical help he is going to bleed out and die And there's a scene in there where Harvey whispers something into Tim's ear while he's combing his hair back. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know what he whispers in his ear. But I don't think it was something that Quentin told him to say. I think Harvey was just kind of being funny. Yeah. Because I think that is a legitimate laugh that Tim does there. And it's not like a fake acting laugh. Yeah, I think so. So that's something that kind of, I feel like there's like a list of things that are like people are like, what did he say? Or like, There's a list? Well, what? no, no, no. There's a list of things that people don't really know from movies. Like, like, uh, so Pulp Fiction, for instance, not going to fully get into detail, but the, the case, the briefcase, yep. what is in the briefcase? That's what I'm talking about. Like a list of stuff like that, like unexplainable things in movies. Mm-hmm. Like, is Leo actually still asleep at the end of Inception? You know what I mean? Who knows, man. That sort of stuff. So what is Harvey whispering into Tim's ear that makes him laugh? That part's always bothered me. Always um, bothered me. I'm going to stick these diamonds up my ass. There we didn't go. even get into a plot of like what this movie's about. Mm-hmm. It's basically a failed heist. Yeah, and it's considered a heist movie, and they don't ever actually show the heist. Yep. 
Um, it is literally considered one of the greatest heist movies of all time. And then actually I saw that Quentin loves that because he created one of the greatest heist movies without actually showing a heist ever. I mean, sometimes less is more. There you go. And I mean, with him, it's just, it's all, it's all dialogue and it all works. Yeah. And it's just, you get really great actors with great dialogue and you can have them talk for an hour and 40 minutes. And you, I mean, there's a little bit of action like with freaking Bushimi running away and everything from what the, the satchel, I don't know what the fuck he has when it is the flashback scene. So going to the flashback scene where Buscemi is running down the street away from the cops. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the scene when he pulls the the woman out of the car to yep. steal the car? I, <laughs> okay, pulls her out of the window just by her hair. And I forgot how freaking hysterical that scene is. He doesn't open the door, doesn't like show her a gun or anything yep. and like, just, get out of the, like he just rips her out of the window. Yeah. Like, can you imagine pulling another human just out of the window by their hair? I mean, you'd have to be the... St- strongest person alive or that right. person was like four foot nine 90 pounds and just uh-huh. freaking yanking them off <laughs> yanking them yank yank yanking um i also pretty sure one of those cops that was chasing buscemi was like a producer on the movie too i wouldn't be surprised with the freaking small ass budget there's like ah we need some cops uh-huh i don't know that's definitely not quentin's voice but <laughs> we need some caps we need some caps okay yeah um so yeah buscemi makes it to the uh rendezvous uh, and him and harvey are screaming at each other and frollo you're the fucking rat (laughs) and um but that kind of got to the point where i didn't feel like there was too many notes to take on that yeah Um, just them kind of going back and forth i mean the cop torture scene happens right after this right Mm -hmm. with madison something that i thought was kind of funny well also too um, Harvey's basically acting like he's a doctor by telling Tim it takes days, it takes weeks to I, die from. I think he was cold. lying to him because he Making didn't him want him to better. like Did freak you? out and think he's gonna die in about twenty minutes. But he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna fucking bleed out and you're gonna die." Oh yeah, Did because you? we're not risking you turning us over to the cops, but. Little did they know. Did you like look up how long it would take to die from a bullet wound? No. Yeah, I'm looking it up too, and it's I mean, all like it probably depends, it depends how big the bullet. Depends on the size of the bullet. Yeah, yeah. Depends on how much blood you're losing and stuff. Um, yeah. I thought that was going to be a lot more interesting, but it was. <laughs> probably yeah. depends on the distance. I mean, I don't know anything about guns. I've never. I don't either. Never touched one. Um, yes, they shouldn't. Have. They shouldn't be legal anyway. So. Never shot one. Uh, okay, so. Have I? No. And also, too, Buscemi says the real common response time for cops is four minutes when Buscemi is saying that it would they were set up because the cops were there too quickly. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean they were waiting for them. Probably depends on the town and the, what, the precinct? Is that the name? Sure, sure. Precinct. Yeah. And I, I tried to look that up also, if like a true response time, if they have to be like under a certain response time, and I never found it. I bet it depends on the crime, too. Like if they call in freaking little old nanny smith nanny granny smith gets her purse snatched they're probably like i mean what they steal some freaking altoids from her like who cares <laughs> altoids <laughs> altoids from granny nanny smith um so harvey and steve are discussing all like the cops that were being killed yeah during them running away and during the heist and all that and uh buscemi refers to the cops as not real people i thought that was kind of funny he's <laughs> like oh so no real people died dude i was like that's blue very lives like, matter dog uh, that's very like current right now yeah it is like yeah i thought that was funny that would be a lot of current shit that comes up in a lot of quentin movies because mm-hmm. 
I got some trademarks listed down here that we'll definitely get into and see if all of his movies check off these trademarks, which I would like to get into a lot. So Steve and Harvey are arguing, da-da-da, and then Madsen arrives. Okay, before we get to him arriving, when they're trying to light the cigarette, when freaking Steve and Harvey are hanging, Mm -hmm. he's like just snapping at the lighter. It does not look like his hand Mm -hmm. was freaking touching the lighter at all, and it was funny as shit. And I, I should have gone back and like somehow zoomed in. Which you, why can't you do that with movies? You should be able to zoom in. I'm sure if you illegally download it, you can zoom in on them. But why am I talking so fast? For real, he's like just snapping at the lighter. I didn't notice. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Nice. I wrote it down. It was like the funniest, the hardest laugh I had in the movie. The old Kittel snap, Keitel snap, Kittel. Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Keitel. <laughs> okay, so Madsen arrives to the safe house after the robbery, and something I I've always noticed this, but I've never really thought about it. When he arrives, he's got like a fast food cup in his hand. Yeah, they kind of mention it. They he had do, time to freaking stop and get fast food afterwards, and that just shows how much of a psychopath he is. After he's got a freaking cop in his goddamn trunk, and he, murdered all those people, and yeah. the first thing he thinks of is to go get food. Like I, I mean, I absolutely love that. It might have been his last meal. You never know. Um, I thought that was funny. Do you think it was a a Big Kahuna burger? Probably. That he had? That was my first thought. Yeah. Big Kahuna, we'll get get further into that too when we get more into the Tarantino universe. Um, So, yep, so Madsen arrives. They're all kind of fucking around Mm -hmm. and... What's uh what's his his line that he drops? Do you want to drop his line to to Harvey? One of his most famous lines in that movie. Oh no, Jesus! I don't. Are you gonna bark all day, little dog? You're yep. you gonna bite. I did write that one down actually. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> um. So, yep. So they're they're messing around, screaming at each other, and then uh, it pans over to old Chris Penn, who decides to uh, drive over there and try and calm down the situation there's yep. something i noticed that when it does pan over to chris driving there um it kind of shows his car driving off and there's like an orange balloon did you catch that that no. balloon so he's driving and then it just shows like this orange balloon like bouncing behind his car and i was like that orange balloon is so fucking random like do you think that quentin literally was like there's a balloon on the street let's just throw that behind the car and make it look like he drove over or it, or it just randomly happened if it just happened and they don't it. have enough freaking film left they're like ah we got to use this shot well i just i just think it was the fact that he just thought it was super random i was like yeah. let's just throw it in there probably i just i don't know i'm i'm noticing too little of details like you did with the lighter yeah, and i'm yeah. like that's so weird that blue is just oh well, i'm glad we're gonna talk about movies together because we know we're gonna notice little different little things yeah and then we can bring them up <laughs> um so uh after that um everyone leaves uh chris penn arrives and they're all yelling at each other all you know trying to figure out what's going on um and then chris says all right guys you know i want you two to to take some cars Mm -hmm. take your cars we're gonna we're gonna leave madsen you stay here with tim roth and the police officer um and then the torture scene what happens after that freaking Michael Madsen, of course, like I said, he's just a psychopath and just starts to fuck with the cop. <laughs> uh, does he? He rips his ER first, right? One of the first things he does. It's actually one of the first things he does. Well, he throws the tape around his mouth. Yeah, and then he he puts the music on first. So oh yeah, freaking stuck with the middle. Stuck in the middle. Stuck with. Um. So he plays stuck in the middle, and then I actually wrote down whenever 
anyone who's a movie fan hears stuck in the middle, they'll always think of that torture scene. Yeah. No matter what. Even if they're not a fan of the song, you end up loving the song because it reminds you of that unforgettable scene. And that's why I love Tarantino's use of music paired with great scenes because it's always so random the mm-hmm. song is, but that's what makes it genius. Dude, he somehow makes it work every he single time. He always makes it work. No matter what's happening in the He scene. can play any song yeah. and it would have been <laughs> perfect with that scene. Yeah, I loved how that was uh, like, it seemed like a one shot take of him yep. going to the radio, going back and then dancing around the cop. And, and I, like slapping him around, rips I, off his ear and like talks into it. And like, hello. Which was total improv too, <laughs> yeah. by the way, because Tarantino was telling him just like, tuck the ear. Yeah. And then Madsen was thinking, he's like, what's something that's like super fucked up that I know if I was in the cop situation, it would, I would be like yeah, even more dude, scared. It's fucking psycho. Yeah. I, those prosthetics of the ripped off ear. Pretty good. Looked really good yeah. for such for a low 92. budget. Yeah. And 92 well, and everything they had going, they must've put more money into that than they did into anything else <laughs> i don't know just the ear all the movie went into the ear um so yeah that that torture scene and then uh tim tim shoots him uh because he almost lit him on fire yep um and that's and then that's where the big twist comes you know tim reveals that he's a cop you realize he's a cop yeah dude i wrote down freaking he's kind of like the original Shyamalan. m night M. Tarantino. Like, like I had to say, like his first M. name. Like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know who I'm talking about. Because I I forgot how much of like twists he has mm-hmm. in a lot of his movies. Yeah. Like not necessarily like a twist, but like a character you is just revealed as somebody you didn't realize they were the entire time. Yep. But uh. But yeah. Dead air. Um. So. He reveals he's a cop, and then um, the cop's, like, freaking out on him. He's like, I'm fucking deformed! <laughs> and then Tim's like, fuck you, I'm dying here! And they're both just screaming at each other. Yeah. It's great. Um, and then it kind of shows more into Tim's background mm-hmm. after that. And Which, kind of how he got started up with these guys like and thrown in the situation. Because I think, I will get in, I'm a very critical movie fan. For sure. This is where it slows down for me. So it shows Tim Roth going to the diner to meet up with his partner, whoever that other dude is. Um, And also, too, side note, I think that that's the same diner that they used in Pulp Fiction. You think so? I do. I do. I'm not positive, (laughs) but the aesthetics inside kind of look the same. Um, And also another thing, wouldn't be surprised because Tarantino can save money on the budget by using the same, you know. He's friends with the, the people who own it or something. Must be. Um, okay, so you seem like you're kind of annoyed with that scene, so tell me about it. Um, I'm annoyed with some of it. It just slows down a lot. Quite it, a bit. You spend like 12 minutes probably with Tim Ross' character, yep. which I get he's probably the main character because he turns out to be the cop. He turns out to be the rat. I consider him the main character. But I don't know. The scene where it's just him reciting his lines I just didn't really care for. I was going to get into this later on, kind of... At the end, I feel like we could kind of recap who really stole the movie and who yeah. kind of lacked for me. Um, but I'll just say it now. I, I Tim really lacks for me in this movie altogether. I honestly don't really like him as much as I, I yeah. want to. Yeah. Uh, I had him written down as maybe one of the best performances, but once it hits this part, I'm like, eh, I just didn't care. I, I did really, really like when he's in the bathroom with the cops, though. Do, do you really? Because uh, I don't necessarily like what's happening the camera i loved because mm-hmm. it's him talking to like who's there Kaitel and 
Who uh, else is at the table? Um, Easy Eddie, aka yeah. well, I should say Chris Penn, aka yeah. Easy Eddie, and then Joe. Big okay, Joe. yeah, they're all there. But it, he's clearly talking to them, but it shows him talking to the cops. So the camera's oh, kind of... I do, I do yeah. love that scene. The camera's circling around him, yeah. and it'll go black, and it won't show anything behind him. But when it comes around from his rear, yep. it shows the cops are standing there watching him. Yep. Um, they're, when he's describing uh, this story and when he's saying, there's a line where he says, they can smell it on me. Yeah. <laughs> and it annoys the living fuck out of me, just the way that he says it. It sounds like he's trying to sound like the Joker or something. Yeah. Um, I think that's the reason why I don't like Roth that much is because I feel like there's a couple lines in the movie where it feels like he's just overacting mm-hmm. and kind of just portraying it too much. He's definitely the biggest overactor. Yeah. Even though he is overacting in the car scene where he's shot, I do really, really like that I do that like that. Scene. That to me is very convincing. Yeah. Um, And also, too, I feel like I keep doing this, but I feel like the club that they're all meeting at is 100% Marcellus Wallace's club. Oh, dude. I mean, yeah, Fiction. I... I got it a note that be. says it has to be Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs are basically the same movie. They are. <laughs> Although Pulp Fiction is much better. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. Um, so, uh, final I scene. Can smell it on me. <laughs> Talking Sounds about just that. like that. Weed. Okay, when he uses the hand dryer yeah. during the cop scene <laughs> yeah. to try and fuck with the cops. Yeah. I wish that there was a paper towel dispenser right by the hand dryer and he kind of goes up to the paper towel dispenser and is like, no, fuck these cops. I'm yeah. using the hand dryer. Like, I like that he uses it, but I was like, it would have been so much cooler if he had the option of using paper towels and yeah. he's like, nope, fuck you guys. And also, too, what kind of hand dryer is that? I don't know. The loudest. That was probably a first, <laughs> first like century hand dryer. While we're on this topic, if you have the choice between paper towels... And hand dryers. To wipe my butt with? No. And you choose? <laughs> I would choose a hand dryer the to hand wipe dry- my ass with. See it. All right, yeah. I was going to say, I, you choose the paper towels every single time. I know it's not good for the environment. Hand dryers do not dry your hands. Ever. The Dyson ones do. Yeah. The I got, futuristic yeah, Dyson you, ones. Yeah, stick them all the way down in there, but. Yeah. And what, they're not sanitary either. I can think of like two places in the world that have those. Because mm-hmm. you thought to grab the door afterwards. Yeah. I like using paper towels because I can, after I'm done drying my hands, I can grab a fresh one, grab the door with it, toss it, bada yep. bing, bada boom, ba ba. Okay, so. Dead air. They can smell it on me. We need to use that as a uh, sound bite. Dude. They can smell it on me. The fucking scene right before he, the cop gets killed. Did you notice? What's with the weird blur? Did you notice that scene? Have you seen that scene before? Ah, I might have to pull that up when Describe we're done it. with this. It's a scene where the camera's sitting like right next to the cop's head. And it's like showing Roth laying there on the ground bleeding. And it looks like they like cut two scenes together because the cop's head's like so fucking blurry. Mm, they like, might. Like not like super blurry like it was like off focus or anything. Mm-hmm. But like they just completely fucked up the scene and they couldn't go back and fix it. They might have. And it bothered the hell out of me. Yeah, I did not notice that. That is very, very nitpicky. I'm impressed. I did not notice that picker of nits. Um, So yeah. And then he's done telling a story and the story was to convince them that he's basically like, first off, not a cop. Yeah. And second off that he's willing to, you know, do risky things, you know, whatever it takes. Um, So then it moves on to him joining up with them for the first time, more casual, you know, they're all kind of driving around just shooting the shit. 
uh, Buscemi is with them this time and they're all in the car. Another really random song that I love is Fool for Love by Sandy mm-hmm. Rogers is the song that's playing while Tim is getting around mm-hmm. in his apartment. Um, and it's a country song. And she actually at first I thought it was Dolly Parton, but it's her name, Sandy Rogers. But it's so like out of Kenny, Sandy Rogers, Kenny oh, Rogers related, maybe, maybe. Um, but it's just so like out of the the normal song to be playing in that scene. And yeah. I just I absolutely love it. Um, and also too the apartment that Roth is in is right above the warehouse. Oh, like physically when yeah, they shot yeah. it, and it actually they made it oh. look they made it look like an apartment, but they're just using the same building. Huh? Yeah. Huh, huh, huh. Budget cut. He's he's the the king of budget cuts. Yeah, not anymore, but he, he was used to be in the beginning. When he had no money. All right, let's get into the final scene since we're already freaking like <laughs> almost an hour into this thing. No, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The final scene is like. All right, I had. What would you call the most iconic scene? Like, we'll get into this with every movie. Most iconic scene. Do you think this final scene, you choose one scene from every movie you watch, Reservoir Dogs comes up. What scene do you choose? The torture scene with Madsen. That's what you would choose? Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. I, I could see that. <laughs> I could definitely see that now. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking maybe the standoff, but a lot more happens, and it's a lot shorter, a lot tighter of a scene. What's stuck, yeah. All right, yeah, with the standoff, everyone shows up. Do you want to get into mm-hmm. it? Um, so, <laughs> okay, I'm just laughing because Chris's line, you know, they're all uh, <laughs> they're all standing there pointing at each other with the yeah. guns, right? And then, quit pointing that fucking gun at my dad! Yeah. And it's so <laughs> freaking funny. And there are so many times that I felt like, Chris Penn was like, um, not like following his lines or whatever. He was yeah. just totally improving. I can you can see you can see it in his face, and especially when they're wrestling each other in the oh, yeah. freaking office and, and like giving Matt throws him on the, the ground. Time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stop pointing that gun at my dad is definitely one of my favorite lines. Larry, of all time. stop pointing that fucking gun at my dad. <laughs> And also, too, he spits constantly. I noticed there were so many times he was spitting all over everybody. (laughs) Like, I would love to hear the other actors talk about what it was like to work with Penn. And they're probably like, we're constantly having to change our outfits and wipe our faces off because we were just covered in spit. (laughs) He just decides out of the fucking blue. That was another scene that was pretty funny to me. Um, And also, too, there was a point where... Um, the the during the final shootout after all three of them shoot each other. Yeah. So it's Harvey, Chris Penn, and Joe. And forgive me, but I don't know Joe's real name. No, nope. big big Joe. Um, and they all three shoot each other. Uh, and then Chris Penn and Joe die. Harvey survives. Yep. And then Buscemi. Yeah, yeah. Buscemi walks up from under the stairs. Yep. And I actually totally forgot he was even there. Oh, yeah, he bailed. He yep. hid. He's like, yeah. I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> yep, and then he walks up and walks away. Loophole, he probably goes to work at Jackrabbit Slim's, where he is a waiter in Pulp Fiction. But you hear the shootout. As soon as he goes outside, you hear the shootout. Yes. You don't think he dies there? No. What do you think happens outside then? Because everyone else is dead. Quentin, Mr. Brown's dead, Mr. Blue dies when he when buscemi leaves yeah you hear like a 
cops yelling and then there's a shootout. Buscemi leaves and then no, because then Harvey gets up and goes to sit over by Tim and then Tim tells Harvey that he's a cop. I swear to fuck because he, they shoot Buscemi and then they come inside. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Cause I was hoping in my head that, that that's what happens next. He like somehow ran out of money after stealing the diamonds. I mean, maybe he doesn't die. Maybe he gets moved on to Jack Rabbit Slim. I will need to watch that scene now and in the same wanting universe. to see what actually happens. But yeah. maybe he doesn't die. Just gets shot, drops his gun. A couple years later, he's so out. You're not saying that they show it. You're just saying no. You, you can hear it. Hear it from you can outside. Hear it. Yeah, because it pans and you see him walk to the door. He yep. Walks outside, yep, and then you—I swear—you hear a car start, and he goes to drive away, and then you hear a shootout. Because the shootout is when they're shooting. No, there's two shootouts. There's a shootout from outside the door, and then he comes. Then the cops come inside. Did I not hear that? And then that's crazy. I don't know. I've watched this movie a thousand fucking times. It's only the third time I've seen it. That's something I wrote down too. I have never heard that. Okay. Also, too, I just want to note. That your setup when you're watching movies is much better than mine. <laughs> With your sound quality? I watched it today on this little tiny 32-inch Phillips. Jesus. No sound bar. Nothing. Like, I have upstairs. I got a good setup upstairs. Why the fuck didn't you go upstairs? But I watched it on this little tiny TV, <laughs> which does not at all pick up little background noises. Yeah. You have a full surround sound. You got to, man. At your house. So you got I, to. Okay. So I'm going to take your word for it. Okay. Because you have a much better setup. So you just completely destroyed my, uh, my dreams. Sorry. I was hoping I was hoping that Buscemi lived. And then well, he went to work at Jack Rabbit. Speaking Sons. of who lived. So. Does Roth die? So the more that I watch this, and I do believe that. Because you kind of hear a gunshot, Harvey right? killed, shot Tim. And then that's why the cops shot Harvey. Okay. Um, I was thinking, I was like, well, maybe the cops just shot Harvey because he held a gun up to Tim's head. And like they wanted and to it was just down. the implication of him killing him. So they're like, yeah. we're just going to kill him. But I feel like Harvey shoots Tim and then there's the gunshots okay. of the cops killing Harvey. Yeah. So I feel like Harvey feel like and Tim both died. Everyone dies. The whole team dies probably. In any way, either tim's going to die anyway yeah he's he lost more blood up. than humanly possible <laughs> he would have been if this is real life he would have been like a shriveled up little like white thing like the grandma he from spongebob that yeah the spine in the yeah. wheelchair yeah that are i was thinking of et in the crick okay yep. yeah <laughs> back to et um so yeah so like i said earlier the more that i watch this the less i care about tim Yep. Don't didn't really like him as much as I wish I would have for a main role. And to me, who really just murdered it and did fucking awesome was Harvey to me. Harvey's my favorite character yeah, dude. In, the, in the movie. He doesn't like overdo it and he he kinda he him and Tim Roth kind of feel like co main characters. Yep, I agree. And yeah, I I would say he had probably the most subdued. I love when he's driving the car, just yelling at Mm-hmm. freaking tim roth to basically shut the fuck up yep, yep. he's <laughs> You're the gonna most, live yeah he's the most believable character to me yeah um and also too there was another thing that i forgot to bring up when they're all in the car just driving around yeah. and they're talking about uh chris penn is talking about that dude who got his dick 
um, glued to his oh, stomach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, how do you feel every time that when you have to take a piss, you have to do a handstand? Um, I love that. But they're also talking about the um, show Get Christy Love. And they're thinking that it's Pam Greer who's mm-hmm. playing Christy Love. And I feel like that conversation is what convinced Quentin to have Pam Greer on Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Damn. Um, so I'm thinking of that scene. Wasn't the guy's name they were talking about? Marvin Nash. I wrote that name down because yeah. it was a cool ass name. <laughs> Marvin Nash. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool ass movie name. Marvin Nash is the cop that gets his ear slashed. Oh, is that the cop? Yeah, I completely fucking got who yeah, I wrote down because Marvin Nash. Oh yeah, because he's like, what's your name? Yep, Marvin. Marvin Nash. Yeah. Um. So a little uh, little trivia here for you. Uh, the money that he used to create the film was money he received from, from being an extra on Golden Girls. For real? Yeah, as an Elvis impersonator. Oh, yeah. He earned that much money? Wasn't he it like $300,000? He earned $300, like $20,000. Oh, so he probably didn't use all his money. I guess he probably he, got Miramax to freaking yep, he, give him some money. Because I think the total budget was maybe like 33000 or something like that. Oh, that's all. I thought it was so, like 300000 for some reason. 300000 uh, Let me like There's check. a lot of them. But as far as I know... It was either way. It was very low. Yeah, low budget. Did you write down how much, uh, how long it took to shoot? Because this surprised me. Um, thirty-four days or something like that. Yeah, it was like thirty-some days, which 30-some seems days. crazy for like a one-shot location movie. Yep. Like you think they could have got most of that done in like a week at most. Yep. But it's just crazy how much time you had to put into a movie, though. Oh, now it takes forever over a year <laughs> like yeah i bet marvel movies take like six to ten months easily to shoot and then you got to edit for another three yep yeah um everyone's like three years younger or younger older by the time the movie comes out thirty thousand dollars that's all it cost and uh, yep and then that's wild so like no one made any money off that then the this it's funny too because a lot of the actors like i said brought a lot of their own stuff um and so michael madsen's cadillac that he had the cop in the back of the car was his own cadillac oh yeah um chris penn his old outfit was his own he brought his like suit ja- or his um windbreaker track suit track suit track suit, wind jacket. suit jacket wind jacket wind jacket just combining everything wind suit he's one of those like guys that jump off the uh mountains like squirrel oh like that little squirrel. like wingsuit or something yeah. like that's what it's called that's what it is yeah <laughs> um and then like buscemi was wearing black jeans the whole time because oh. all they provided was just the ties just the and tie. they told everybody else to bring their own suits and buscemi didn't have suit pants and madsen didn't have black shoes so that's why he wore the black cowboy boots nice which was like a lot more like menacing and like better for his character yep. kind of more i thought it was cool kind of uh goes to his character in bob in uh, the hateful eight exactly or even Your favorite i movie. feel like kill bill too i feel yeah. like he I was probably he wearing cowboy boots and kill bill a lot of cowboys yeah cowboys and boots cowboys and boots all right and Since boots. we kind of got to the last scene but the last scene technically is isn't it them going back to freaking meeting everybody and getting all their names yeah well, we never really talked about that scene. Where Dead all, air. Where they all get their freaking names. And it's like, Mr. Brown's kind of close to Mr. Shit. Oh, Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, that's my, but that's not, that's, oh, okay. That's closer okay, to the okay, end of okay. the movie. Closer to the end. I thought you were saying it's at the very end. No, I was no, like, no, what no. are you right. doing? You're killing me. All right. I'm joking. But. Hot seat. 
Pop quiz. Name all of them. Uh, Mr. Brown, Mr. Pink. Mr. What? Name all, like, who is who? Oh, Jesus. Um, Tim Roth is Mr. Orange. Okay. Uh, Michael Madsen is Mr. Blonde. Okay. Um, Harvey is Mr. White. Okay. Buscemi is Mr. Pink. Mr. Pussy. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, we just said it. And then... Just two left. Two left. Tarantino. Yep. Is Mr. Brown. There you go. Um, and then the last and Mr. Blue is the... He's blue, right? Yeah. He's the guy who really has like two lungs. <laughs> yeah, you like never movie. see him in the movie. The older dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Well, I would... I, well, Fuck yeah. That's Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, yeah. Check it out. Uh, Hopefully you already watched it. It's a staple. It's a 90s staple. It really kind of set the bar for movies in the 90s. And the more you think about it... Like indie movies, dude. That's where they started. Oh, yeah. Miramax, dude. Tarantino was the 90s. (laughs) Literally, the guy was the 90s. I mean, he wrote True Romance. He wrote Natural Born Killers. Directed Reservoir. Directed Pulp. Directed Jackie Brown. And then Kill Bill Volume 1 was what? 2000... That's one I, for some reason, don't know the year it came out. 2000. <laughs> what, what's the exact 2000? There's some uh, dogs. One. Is that one dog or two dogs barking? Kill Bill Volume 3 was 2003. Kill Bill Volume 3. Volume 3. Kill Bill Volume 1 was 2003. Oh, wow. He did six years in between movies. Yeah. Because um, he was, like, pumping them out in those first five years. He did three and then... Yep. Yep. I, I guess he probably would have filmed... Did he film Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 at the same time? Uh, Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense then. It probably took longer, like with freaking James Cameron doing all five. Do you see, like, apparently the two and three are done? Uh, Avatar? Yeah. No. Two is completely done, and three is, like, 95% done. And then he's just holding on to them, and I don't understand why. Because of COVID, I guess. I don't know. No one wants to see those fucking movies anyway. This isn't the James Cameron podcast. 11 years. Just release your goddamn movies already, dude. Um, So, yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. uh, There we go. The next episode will be Pulp Fiction. Yes, it will. His next movie. And the one I'm probably most excited about. Are you? I am. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to rewatch it. I haven't watched it since we went and saw it in theaters like two and a half years ago. Looks Brew House. Shout out. Yeah. That was awesome. I forgot how long that movie was. It was a long sit. It's like two and a half hours, so almost double the amount of time with this movie. (laughs) It was worth it, though. Okay, okay, that's not the point. So, yes, tune in next week for Pulp Fiction. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, I got nothing, but those dogs are kind of annoying me. Yep, very annoying, and I am hungry, so (laughs) awesome. See ya. See you guys next time.